Welcome to the Improver Network Podcast. The Improver Network mission is to make the world better by helping faith-driven leaders, entrepreneurs, and small business owners improve personally and professionally. Finding balance and maintaining focus in a world of distractions and discouragement can be challenging and frustrating, but we're here to help you discover your purpose, become more productive, and reach your true potential. Now here's your host, Justin Winstead. Hello and welcome to the Improver Network. I'm your host, Justin Winstead, and I am here with Mr. Greg Ballog. Greg, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. Cowboys won last night. <laughs> I'm doing well today, for today. Oh, man, Cowboys won. That's kind of a rare occasion these days. It's extremely huh? so, rare occasion, uh, so we have to rejoice <laughs> when it occurs. That's why you know our listeners can't see you, obviously, right now, but you're all decked out the Cowboys swag. Yes. You're representing loud and proud today. Uh, yes. Weren't you wearing a paper bag last week, I think? It, so. it, it, it is exactly right. <laughs> Changing my kids' names, changing my dogs' names. Uh, I'm emotionally unstable during the season, but uh, we won yesterday, so we're good today. That's fun stuff, man. Well, hey, uh, good having you on the podcast today, and I'm really excited about our topic because uh, to me, it's one of the most important topics when we oh, sure. uh, get into to really. It's about people, you know. Everything's mm-hmm. about people at the end of the day. If you're trying to do the right thing and grow, and so we're going to do that. Before we do that, I want our listeners to get a chance to connect with you a little bit and learn kind of who you are and kind of have an idea of what perspective uh, you're coming from. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, as much or as little as who you are and what you do, personal and professional, that you. You want to uh, inform the crowd about? Yeah, so actually, uh, my name is Greg Ballock. I'm actually a, a youth pastor at Argyle Community Church currently, enjoying that, loving that. Uh, uh, married to Bianca. We've been married for six and a half years. Uh, we have three kids. Was two- that happily married, by the way? Happily married, yes. <laughs> Both of I don't y'all? Know. I mean, if, she, if she was here, she might tell you something different, <laughs> but... Uh, she uh, gave me a hug and a kiss before I left, so I think we're... Uh, we're she's at least doing, pretending, huh? She's at least pretending right <laughs> okay. now, so I think we're doing okay. Uh, but we have two beautiful girls, Savannah and Prescott, who are two, and we just had our son, Micah, uh, who is now almost a month old, a month old. Wow. Uh, and so we live in Argyle. We love it out there. Uh, and, and prior to me being the youth pastor, I worked at the Keller Chamber for about nine years, uh, and I started out as the membership director and then moved into the uh, uh, director of development. And so that's really where I spent the bulk of my, I guess you could say, early career was there, but now we're out in Argyle. So that's a little about me. Man, that's very cool. So you have a one-month-old. Yes. So we need to end the podcast a little bit early today where you can go take a little nap. Uh, are y'all getting any sleep? How's that going at you home? You know, the crazy <laughs> thing about it is, is this. God knew what he was doing when he gave us twins first. Okay. <laughs> uh, because I, I don't want to say having one is easy. Yeah. But it's easier than having twins. So the twins, I mean, you know, you obviously had one up yeah. when the other was sleeping and vice versa. And so that was it was a it was a fun season, it was difficult. But our son, man, he's just doing well, sleeping through the night. Doing well. Yeah. Can't complain. Can't complain. Uh, the biggest cool. struggle is keeping the girls <laughs> off of him. That's, yeah, because they're he's so cute. Yeah. You know, they're so into it. That's such a great stage, though, man. And it flies by. You know, oh, we have four man. kiddos, and uh, man, it doesn't take them long to to sprout up. So. Uh, savor the moments. I know you're hearing it, but uh, yeah, I'm really glad for technology to allow us, uh, you know, sometimes people live in their phones and and you can miss moments, but Mm -hmm. you can also capture moments and, you know, it's really neat going back and watching some of those old You're 100% accurate. We uh, have taken plenty of photos and videos and 
it's just crazy to see them develop. I mean, uh, the girls, and it's happening at such a rapid pace now. I think when they were babies, it was kind of slow, but it's at a rapid pace. But we've just tried to be intentional on enjoying those moments and uh, and looking back on them. And, and we're just excited what's going to what God's been doing for our lives. So awesome, man. Well, uh, we're entering into a seg- segment on the podcast I like to call Tell Me Something Good, and so you're already doing this a little bit with your family, but beyond that, uh, tell me something else good, a win, something that you're really grateful for today, thankful for, what's something we can celebrate with you about? You know, uh, truthfully, uh, my marriage, I am so thankful to have the marriage that I have. Uh, you know, there was a time where, on honesty, it was not a happy marriage. I mean, we, we, we struggled. And uh, so this past four years, man, I've just enjoyed getting to know my wife on a deeper level, connecting with her. And, and, and in turn, that has made us better parents uh, to our kids. And so I genuinely enjoy being a father, being a husband, two roles that I was fearful of prior to encountering them. Uh, and not really good at when I started at because mm-hmm. I just had this misconception of what a good father looked like, what a good husband mm-hmm. looked like. Uh, and honestly, my wife has just been a blessing. It's been awesome. And uh, we're just doing really well. And so that's something that's been uh, great that I've been enjoying and hopefully we'll continue to be able to enjoy. Yeah, man. Well, awesome. Well, we're celebrating with you about that. Hopefully that'll continue on. So I'll throw you a little bit of a curveball. If you listen to our other podcasts, you may know that we usually like to ask people, if you were to write a book tomorrow, Ooh, what me. would your book be about? Along the same lines, but I want you to get in a, this could change your answer. Instead of a book, what if you were presenting a keynote to 3,000 people tomorrow? Like, man, you just got invited to go to a big conference, and you're about to be on the stage and try to impart some uh, something that you're passionate about, and you've got a little bit of time to present and inspire and motivate or just, or just uh, talk about because you think it's fun. Or enjoyable. What would do you know what your topic would be? You know, my topic would probably be centered around what I'll be discussing at the event we'll be having, which we'll talk about later. Um, but connecting with people. Mm. I love people. I genuinely love people. Uh, people that think like me, people that act like me, people that don't think like me, people that don't act like me. I just enjoy people. And I have seen that just connecting with people brings me a fulfillment. Uh, that I can't attain anywhere else, whether yeah. that's listen to a story that they have or experience that they've gone through. Um, I always walk away fulfilled meeting new people. And in fact, my wife would echo this because we'll go on a date and we'll go somewhere and I'll just be kind of pausing, talking with her, and she'll be like, you want to talk to the people next to us, don't you? I go, yes, I, I just do. I want yeah. to, I want to visit. I don't know why, you know? And so, but yes, just how to connect with people. That's probably what I would write about. And that's a journey that I'm still learning now. Uh, and, and, and the benefits of people and not utilizing them in the sense of using them, but utilizing them in the sense of what they can bring to uh, the table because they have something to offer too. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, that yeah, that's not using them in a negative way, but it's using them in the way that they were created to be used, yes. right? It's like, no hey, this is, this is how you were made, and this is what you enjoy, this is what you're good at. So if I get to know you, now I know better how to engage with you and exactly. when to call on you instead of calling on you on something that you don't like doing and you're not good at. And, exactly. and that's where you're really using people is getting them to do stuff outside of yes. who they are and who they desire to be. Yes. And so, yeah, you can only do that through, uh, through relationships. Well, that's really neat, man. Well, speaking of relationships, you know, who are some of the people that have had a major influence on you? I'm sure some of these may be personal to you mm-hmm. in your inner circle, but also maybe even some of the um, icons or authors or speakers or people from afar that have also influenced you. What would you like to share on that? 
man, to, two people. First and foremost, my father. Uh, I, you know, the, the older that I get, I realize how blessed I am to have a father that I have, uh, and that was just intentional. Um, you know, when I grew up, I just kind of thought, you know, your parents went to all your games. That's what they did. They were mm-hmm. always present. They always ask questions uh, because they love you. And, and and the older that I've gotten, I've seen that that is not unfortunately the norm. And so my father, uh, some people may know this, some people may not. I was actually adopted. And so my brother and sister were adopted as well. I was adopted when I was a day old. Um, and, and my father has one that my parents chose me, uh, which I think is very unique and awesome. Uh, but then they have just raised me. Uh, and even when I sit here and have drifted, aside from what they desire me to do and what's better for me, they've always been merciful and, and forgiving and loving. Uh, and so those two people specifically, and honestly, now that I have kids, I think I recognize that even more, mm. how hard it is to be a parent. Right, because without me being a parent, I would never understand the dynamic of it. Uh, but I'm really getting a glimpse at, oh, this is why you said that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is why you did that. And and it gives me a different understanding of why they did what they did, and I'm grateful for it. So my father, uh, and then Dennis Hester, who was uh, my pastor for 30 years. I mean, you want to talk about two men, my father and him, that watched me do everything but the right thing. And we're still gracious and loving. Uh, and to this day, I talk to them. I talk to my father probably once every two days, uh, and then Dennis at least minimum once a week. Yeah, and just pulling insight from him and, and, and learning from him. So those two men have been very impactful in my life. Man, that's really cool. Appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, I can really relate to that. I've had some of those kinds of influences uh, in my own life. Uh, well, man, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, my background. I don't always disclose this, but it'll tie in with really where we're going in our conversation today. And so a lot of people would know that, uh, you know, here I am, I'm in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth now. And for me, this is the big, big city, you know, even though I'm in a little suburb. It's getting bigger. It's not like I'm living in downtown, but, no. you know, I just feel like this is a big city because, man, the town where I'm I'm from, you know, people talk about these one-stop light towns. Uh-huh. Well, we only had a caution light. Like, we didn't even we didn't even have a town square, none of that. I mean, it was just, you just kind of drive through it, had a couple of gas stations. In Louisiana, right? In Louisiana, man. So, you know, just from a small country town, and, you know, most of the people out there do very manual labor, whether it's in agriculture or manufacturing or something like that. And even my own family has been involved mm-hmm. in things like um, cotton gins and oil wow. rigs and that kind of thing. And so uh, that uh, that was the, the life that I thought, you know, that I was really going to live as I just thought, man, it's just going to be hard. And there's really mm-hmm. this badge of honor that a lot of people in – in my area would wear. And that badge of honor was like struggle. It was like, yeah. it was considered to be a good thing to have to just struggle mm-hmm. and just work so hard to barely get by. And we just kind of almost wore that like, man, who wants to go sit in an air conditioned office and be rich? You know, those people are miserable. <laughs> you know, that was kind of our ideas. Money is bad. Rich people are evil. If yeah. you're successful in business, you cheated your way to get there. Mm-hmm. That was some of our country boy mindset that we had. Uh, on that. But one of the things that's happened is, is over life, my life has taken a complete turn mm-hmm. where now I'm all in the business world. And yes. uh, the the house that I live in, the area I live in, the vehicle I drive, the, the types of things I do on a daily basis, the lifestyle, the places we travel, those are things I never could have dreamed of. Oh, yeah. And um, 
in hindsight, it's it's not miserable. I actually really love the <laughs> it's life. Not, it's not too bad, is it? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> love the life that God has given me here. Uh, but there's really, when people ask me about that, like, man, how did you change your trajectory in life? Mm-hmm. Or how did you go from, like, you should have been just out there struggling for the rest of your life to being blessed in the way that you are? Really, there's a lot of reasons, but there's two main things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. And one of them is is the content that I've absorbed. Yep. It is like the things that you learn, the things you put in your mind and in your heart, and that you allow to influence you. That has been had a huge impact. Huge. And then the second thing, probably as much or maybe even more so, would be the connections that I've made. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you um, have may have heard the phrase, we used to do networking over at the Chamber of Commerce, yes. and I would hear this sometimes, you're going to be the same person 10 years from now, except for the books you read and the people mm-hmm. you meet, right? Well, yes, sir. I think that's kind of true, but we get content for more than just books, especially now a podcast like yep. this one, YouTube videos, whatever. And also, it's not just about meeting people. This is really about making connections. Yes. So where our conversation is going to be today is just on the power of your connections, your inner circle, mm-hmm. those relationships. And so I'm really excited for you to share this because to me, again, there's the two biggest things are the content and the connections yes. altered my life trajectory. So I think if people will listen to this, there may be something in here that the nugget they'll pull out that could alter their trajectory as well. So what do you think about all that? I, I could not agree more. It, what's funny is I actually used to not be an avid reader. Mm. Uh, I didn't like to read when I was younger. Uh, maybe it's because they were telling me the books I had to read. Uh, that may have had a role in it. Uh, but nonetheless, I really did not appreciate and enjoy reading until probably about five to six years ago. I really started to dive into a wide variety of books, whether it's leadership, whether it's godly leadership, whether it's whatever it may be. Uh, I really wanted to add to my arsenal, all right, and in, in, in doing that. And so books were a huge way that I do that. Uh, and then also the people. Yeah, the people, 100%. Yeah. Um, and, and identifying who's in my inner, inner circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what are we talking about? Right? Are we just talking about, hey, the Cowboys won? Or are we talking about things that really matter uh, that are going to push us to grow? And, and having that in place has really helped me uh, grow as uh, a man, a father, a husband, all those things. So, Yeah, awesome. Well, there's another quote, uh, and you may have heard this before too, but your inner circle creates your inner voice. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Do you believe, have you seen that? Do you agree with that, uh, that really your inner circle creates your inner voice? Oh, hands down. Uh, I have five very close friends. Uh, we are in a group text message together. And of course, we talk about sports and those wide variety of things. But the coolest thing over the past three years the things that we have discussed, such as things that we're struggling with, things that we're tempted with, things that are maybe going on at the house, and not to gossip about it, but to find solutions for that, right? Um, because there were times where I was dealing with something and I thought, I'm the only one dealing with it. I don't want to talk about it. But I realized it's being transparent and vulnerable with somebody that loves me and mm-hmm. wants to hold me accountable uh, has been huge. And so that inner circle has really been uh, beneficial for me personally and vice versa. I think me to them as well. Uh, and the stuff that we've discussed has been deep. It's mm-hmm. been deep, but it's been impactful, uh, impactful for sure. 
when you think about your inner circle, like you don't have to name names, but like who are the types of people that are in that? And when you say, hey, I'm in this group, text, like are these just people in your same uh, age and stage of life that you really kind of relate to? Or do you have other people that you're kind of trying to gain insight uh, from? Like wh- wh- who do you... Who are the types of people you consider to be in your inner circle? Yeah, I think uh, so. The ones that are in this group, crazy enough, when we were younger, did not like each other. Yeah. They didn't like me. <laughs> I didn't like them. It was uh, very well uh, understood that that was the case. But as you've gotten older, I, I, I've, I've learned to man. There's there's a a man under that exterior, and I want to get to know him. And as I've gotten to know him through them, uh, w- with them. It, my respect for them has has grown. And the one thing that I love about them is they tell me the things that I don't want to know, mm-hmm. or I don't want to hear, but I need to hear, right? And, and, and so that has been beneficial. And so that may be my inner, inner circle. However, there's countless people uh, outside of that that may not be in my group text message, if you will, that I really seek, I look uh, after, I admire. You're mm-hmm. somebody, seriously. I mean, I, when I met you five years ago, Maybe about it's true, it's probably been longer than longer that. Longer than that, yeah. I think it was when I first launched the initial uh, agency there, so it, about uh, about eight years it ago. It was yeah. a while ago, but I just saw how you connected with people. I saw the way that you did it, how you put others first, how you're a professional. Very difficult to do, right? You could be very business-minded and forget about the relationship portion. You were very relational-driven and knew that that was a foundation for your business. Mm-hmm. That, to me... In my career, when I started at the chamber, I was very young and immature and didn't know those things. And so people like you that enter my life, I try to sit here and just listen to. Uh, and so people like you, people like my inner circle, all these people bring a value. And I want to be cognizant and aware of when they come into my life, they're there for a reason. How can I learn from them? How can I seek wisdom from them? So. Yeah. Well, you know, I appreciate that. I remember that first meeting because it was at a ribbon cutting at a bank (laughs) (laughs) out there. And a couple of three years later, uh, somebody had reminded me or or told me about a quote. Uh, I don't know if I knew it at the time or not, but uh, I think it was a Dale Carnegie uh, quote about the uh, most uh, interesting person in the room is the most interested Mm -hmm. person in the Mm -hmm. room. Meaning if you're interested in others, that's going to make you interesting. And I do remember that from that meeting that you were very curious though, and you're very interested, you know, in others. And you think you've got a natural curiosity. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the way you like to connect, you know, with people, but I always love that. If you want to be, uh, interesting, you need to be interested. Yes. Uh, go and and find that out. I want to rewind a little bit to something you said about your inner circle, and having people who kind of sometimes tell you the things that you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously your inner circle doesn't need to just be your yes man no, <laughs> right? Sure. Yes. Uh, in there. And, and one of the th- trends that I've noticed is just this idea of, you know, I'm going to eliminate this person from my life, even though we've been friends for years or whatever, but they're so toxic. Mm-hmm. I got to get rid of toxic relationships. And to me, that's just been overused yes. and over-exaggerated and certainly – there is a spirit of negativity that has swept certain parts of our society and just pessimism. Mm-hmm. So I get that if people are are toxic and truly damaging, but I feel like that I've observed people that labeled others as toxic when they were really just telling them mm-hmm. something they didn't want to hear. They were really mm-hmm. just trying to put them back on the right track, but they didn't like their answer. They didn't like their yep. response. So uh, have you seen something like that? Man, I tell you what... It- this button on Facebook called, called unfollow <laughs> or block. I, 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 
I understand and have empathy with it in the regards to why somebody may want to. For me personally, uh, I, I, I just uh, that's just not really my my go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I want to learn more about the person. I want to ask questions. I want to seek to understand them over being understood. And and that's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Uh, and, and sometimes it's costly and it's inconvenient, mm-hmm. but it's necessary. And, I, and, and, and when I have jumped in and doing those things, just naturally, it's like, you know what? Everybody's writing this person off. I just want to reach out to them. I have seen in the long run that is beneficial. Mm. Uh, and that person ends up being appreciative of that, right? And so, and guess what? Even if they're not, I'm not in control of their response. Mm-hmm. See, oftentimes people want to sit here and encounter somebody knowing what their response will be. It's the people that we encounter that we we don't know if we're going to get anything in return that we're like, ah, I don't know if they're worth my time. I would yeah. argue that they are. And so I, I understand if somebody says somebody else is toxic and all those things, but my question is, why can't you be a lifeline for them. Why can't yeah. you be the salt and the light in their life? Why can't, why, why? Yeah. I mean, um, I, the, I, I try to be more intentional on doing that, but it's difficult. You know, there is this interesting thought on if there is somebody that truly is toxic, there may be a reason for their oh, negativity man. on that. And so if that is causing you to then, it's affecting your health and your well-being, yeah. uh, then you don't necessarily have to go from them being in your inner circle to yeah. eliminating them. Yes. Maybe you still keep a relationship, but yes. you manage it, you yeah. limit it. And because we... You know, I think the, the the response that somebody would have to the comment you just made is, well, you know, my happiness and I've got to have joy mm-hmm. and like I can't ha- be around people who are just leeches and yeah. who just are black holes that suck the energy out of me. Yeah. But at the same time, we are supposed to try to lift others up and yeah. try to. So I think maybe the the, the, the deal is like you have to balance it, but maybe it's just that you need to limit some of these relationships, yeah. not eliminate them. Yes. Let me give you a, a quick story. Uh, this is kind of a touchy subject, but it, it occurred. Uh, when the pandemic was occurring, you know, mask on or mask off, right? Well, everyone had their stances and what they wanted and totally fine. Uh, there is a, a community center that we live in. And uh, I was in the gym. I was working out. And I didn't have my mask on. Mm. Uh, there's nobody. Evil. Else. Yeah. I, how, how could I? I know. <laughs> there's nobody else in there. So I, I was like, okay, you know, and so I, I did that. Um, there's a gentleman who came in. He had his on. Totally fine. And, and what he did is he came in. He kind of looked at me kind of shook his head. He went out, told the management. The management came in and told me, they said, hey, you need to put your mask on. And I, and I did, but I looked at the gentleman thinking, about, like, why did you not just tell me yourself? Yeah. You know, why did you not? And i got to be honest, I kind of got a little sure. upset, right? Two days later, go to the same gym, and I'm sitting down, uh, working out, and he walks in again. And it's just him and I. It's just him and I again. And I'm literally thinking to myself, okay, God, really? I mean, come on now. But I told the gentleman, I said, you know, I, I, I don't know if I gave you a bad vibe or an attitude. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I could have just had the mask on. And, uh, and he opened up to me. He goes, you know, I was, he goes, uh, I, I'm just going to tell you this. He was like, my, my mom has COVID. Uh, she's in Oklahoma. She's not doing too well. Uh, and he goes, I'm sorry, man. I'm just... There's a lot going on. Whether the mask on or off will fix say, fix what I think needs to be fixed, probably not. And he goes, man, I just took it out on you that day. And it was interesting because I just 
that two days earlier, I was just looking at the surface of what he was telling me to do, as opposed to looking at the person who was telling me to do it. And it was an opportunity for me to understand there is purpose and reasoning behind, and there's a story behind the action of what somebody does. And mm. and so when I just kind of got out of my own comfort zone, got out of my own way of, no, it's my way, my rights, you know, I get that. But it was an opportunity for me to connect with him and 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 see behind that. And it's something that really struck me as like, that's that's the way to do it, mm. right? Don't get so fixated on what they're saying, but look at who's saying it. And it might give you some clarity on the purpose and reason behind it. No different than I have my story and I'm sharing mm. with people as well, right? And so um, that has definitely been, that was a definitely a learning experience for me for sure. Yeah, and man, that is a great story. And, uh, you know, reminds me of that phrase, I guess you've heard that uh, everyone's fighting a battle that you know nothing, nothing about. about. And so yes. it's like, no matter who, and I found that to be true. And yes. sometimes as you get to know people, one of the things I like to ask is, hey, what's your biggest challenge right mm-hmm. now? They don't necessarily want to say battle or struggle, but sometimes you say, hey, what's your biggest challenge? Yeah. They may uh, give you some insight. But yeah, every single person, they've got something going on inside that they're striving for, they're fighting against, they're trying to overcome, and that may have a little bit to do with why they're they're acting the way they are. So grace and patience and understanding are are certainly in order. You know, uh, one last thing on this whole deal about sometimes telling people what they don't want to hear or having people in your inner circle that'll speak life uh, into you. You know, a few phrases that, you know, I tell people your inner circle needs to be able to tell you is I need to say no. Yes. <laughs> you know, need to say, no, nope, that's not right. Don't do that. Yes. You know, another one would be is, are you sure? They need to be able mm-hmm. to question your, you know, your decisions and that. You, they need to have permission to do that. Uh, have you thought about it this way or have you considered this instead? Mm-hmm. So uh, bringing up al- alternate perspectives and then uh, to really be able to call you out on something like that was inappropriate or that yes. was wrong or, you know, that that wasn't cool, bro. It's, are there other types of things that you think your inner circle, I mean, that's pretty comprehensive, but is there something else that you're like, man, your inner circle needs to be able to to do this or yeah. say this to you in order for it to be healthy? Yes. Uh, the, the one question that we probably ask each other more, what is your motive? Mm. What is your motive? It's very easy to fix the exterior and what people see. Um, you could become a master at that, but it's the motive of why you're doing those things. And, and so... Whenever we're embarking on something, like my, my friend Antoine is is getting into this um, uh, apparel, it's called Hero, and he is doing a great job with it. We're just talking about okay, what what is your motive, and and is it for you? Is it to you know make you look good? And 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 Antoine's my one of my best friends, and he has a heart for kids and a heart for people, and he's utilizing that to uh, bring awareness to the hero movement, and which is putting kids first. And so uh, motive is extremely important because at the end of the day, I believe that that's what's going to be the determining factor of the success and longevity of something. Um, and yeah, you got to put that in place, but you're the only person that truly knows it. You're the yeah, only it's interesting. It. I think a lot of people would go, wait, there's so many other things that are really important to uh, your long-term success than, than motive. But when you really think about it, motive deals with these other areas that 100%. we're used to hearing, like mm-hmm. purpose. Well, mm-hmm. purpose and motive are very closely very. related. Also, some people say integrity. Well, your motive, when we're talking about checking your motive, <laughs> talking about checking your integrity. So all these other things that we know lead to success are really tied in. So yes. I think motive is a 
another good way. And uh, and it can also expose, you know, definitely. Oh, yes. uh, so I like that question for sure. Any others that you'd be like, man, you need to be able to, I guess as believers, you know, being able to hold them uh, spiritually accountable mm-hmm. and like, what can I pray for yeah. you about? Yeah, uh, the, the, the second one is, uh, what does your wife think about this? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're all married. We used to make decisions independently. Uh, but when it comes to finances, when it comes to time, uh, you're take, not necessarily taking away from the family, but you're repurposing that time and money somewhere else. There has to be a cohesive effort and an understanding uh, of what that is and a group decision. Mm-hmm. That's very tough for some of us men. Like, like The guys that I'm talking about that we're close with, we're very competitive. We're very independent in some ways, um, but in marriage, that that's got that those things can't take precedent. And so the the second question we ask is, what does your wife think about this? And there's been some times where it's like, I don't know why she won't let me. I don't. Okay, let, yeah. let's talk about that, right? <laughs> so we got to involve the wives, man. Happy wife, happy life, right? That's what they <laughs> there say. You go. Maybe we put that in the uh, quotes in our show notes. There, we always like to do powerful quotes. There, and, that that, that uh, would make the wives happy. <laughs> Have the females sure. turn into this, yes. Oh man! Well, when you think professionally, and uh, you know whether it be in the business world or in the nonprofit ministry world that you're you're in now. Uh, what's one lesson that your experiences have taught you about the people you allow into your circles that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Like, what's what's one of the biggest lessons that you're like, man, you know, the the people you allow into your circles. You know, if I'm talking to some maybe some teenagers or some college students, and I'm trying to give them some wisdom, like, what's one of those things you'd really want them to know? You know, the biggest thing that I I would say recently over the past year. Um, as I think a lot of people have this understanding that leadership looks like X, Y, and Z, and they have these various uh, things that will be the determining factor if you're a good leader, right? Whether that's age, whether that's experience, whether that's how many books you've read, all these various things. Uh, for me, for me, uh, I think it's extremely important to surround myself with people that are obedient to Christ. I know that sounds kind of cliche. Uh, sounds kind of churchy, mm-hmm. um, but to me, leadership is predicated on one thing. Are you mimicking the best leader of all time, which to me, in my opinion, is Jesus, who says, I, I came to serve, not be served. And so at that case in point, when you look at it, it's like, man, uh, it's, it's leadership has all to, everything to do with obedience, not necessarily what you are currently doing. And so uh, that's been something that I've learned and really sharing with the students like, we have some sixth graders, right? Man, you can be a leader. You can be a leader. There's some sixth graders that are worth following because they're doing the things that God has called them to do. I, I personally think that that's got to be the determining factor of an effective leader um, because Jesus was the best leader. Uh, mm-hmm. He was counterculture. He was uh, put others first. Uh, he was just. He was merciful. I mean, he was all these things that we talk about at church, but he did it so beautifully and perfectly. Um, I want to do my best to mimic that uh, and be worth imitating. So I think that's the biggest thing that I would encourage people to be and to look at is, how did Jesus lead? Uh, And I think you'd be pretty amazed if you just read how he reacted, how he responded to people. 
pretty radical stuff, but uh, he changed the world. Yeah. Um, so you know, whenever I launched my agency, that was my quote unquote sales model. Mm-hmm. Is I would sometimes even tell the customers this, but even if I didn't tell them, it was in my in my mind. But I'd say, you know, Jesus changed the world, and there's lots of reasons for that, including the fact that he rose again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. that thing. Yeah. But uh, but really, when you look at what he did in his uh, adult life and ministry, he did two main things. He served people. Yep. And he taught people, yes. but then he never pressured them. He let them make their own decisions. Yes. So I decided, you know what? The way I want to run my agency is I want to serve people and help them in whatever way I can. Then I want to educate them on their options and what's available to them. But I'm not going to force myself. I'm yep. going to, you know, give them that free will. So I think that that is some good advice, uh, you know, to imitate. Um, to imitate him. Well, man, I want us to continue this conversation. I've actually got a quote by Tony Robbins I want oh, us to go over. It. Then I want to hear some like resources or tips or hacks or something uh, related to that. Uh, so we're going to get to that, but let's pause for just a quick break and a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by The Improver Network. Members of The Improver Network get exclusive access to bonus episodes of our podcast. Additional member benefits include educational content, encouraging community, and practical coaching to accelerate personal and professional growth. For more information about becoming a member, visit improver.network today. All right, and welcome back to the Improver Network podcast. I'm Justin, still here with Greg, and we are talking about the power of your inner circle of relationships, uh, your your personal connections, and how that affects you personally and professionally. So I mentioned the Tony Robbins quote. Uh, mm-hmm. So here it is: the quality of your life is in the quality of your relationships. Uh, do you agree with that? Uh, do you think someone could have a good quality of life, even if their relationships maybe aren't the best or aren't the ideal, or, or do you think those things are always correlated? Uh, I don't like using broad terms yeah. like always <laughs> and never, and, but I will tell you, you know, quality of life is uh, very subjective, right? So some person may say, hey, I have a quality of life, and they may give you the reasons behind that, Um but for me, to answer your question directly, I, I do believe relationships have a lot to do with that. Uh, is we were created to have relationships, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what God created us. If he wanted to be independent, he would do just that. And though he is righteous and he is, stands alone in his own right, uh, he, he, he wanted to create us for, to worship him, right? And so relationship is absolutely necessary, Um it may be tough, and there may be tough ways and tough people to connect with, but relationships nonetheless, I think, really bring life to people. Uh, mm-hmm. It brings life to me. Um, so absolutely, absolutely. Cool. So, so you are in agreement? Because I was really pondering that. And I was like, man, I'd, on the one hand, I do know how uh, big of an impact relationships do have, but I was curious on the question of like, man— can you still have an overall uh, good quality of life, even if the quality of relationships? And then, yeah. you know, but I guess that's where you have to determine what is life really, you know? And yeah. so does good quality of life mean big house and, you know, lots of toys and money and all this? Well, then, yeah, you probably can have a good quality of life, yeah. even if you've uh, sabotaged your relationships to get there, <laughs> yeah. you know? But that's not really life. To have a quality true. of true life, you probably do have to have good quality uh, relationships in your uh, inner circle. Uh, man, when you think about like 
some of the strategies or um, hacks, if you will, where it's like, man, here's some stuff that that I feel like is useful in the uh, pursuit of trying to have positive relationships. You mentioned your group text message. That would be like one thing. It's like, hey, this is a habit that we have as we jump on this text message mm-hmm. and we interchange. But what other what other habits or routines or tools or tips would you recommend to our listeners uh, to help them build these relationships? What are some of the other things you do? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, if you if if you're if if you're married, some some maybe, some may not, uh, is talking with my wife. Uh, I really love speaking with her, just visiting with her and talking with her about. I mean, she knows me better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, next to my mom, they know my ins and outs and all those things, and so I really want to be filled in on my gaps that I may not be aware of, and, and give me a different perspective on how I approach people, how I approach things, approach scenarios. Uh, to get a different opinion on that. So communication with the spouse is absolutely imperative, I think, for, for growth. Um, and the second thing that I, that I do is I do my devotional uh, mm-hmm. every, every morning. Uh, I like to read some scripture, right? And then uh, there's always a book that I'm reading of some sort and kind of going between the both to really kind of enhance, yes, my, my leadership, but also just my understanding of fulfillment in life, right? I mean, that's kind of what we're all desiring is fulfillment. What does that look like? How do I attain it? Uh, what are things I need to put in place to have that? Um, so that's just kind of what I do. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. First thing I'm yeah. going to get up, literally go to my closet, have my stuff already laid out. I just dive right in and and um, and try to be intentional on being present in that because I can be mm-hmm. physically present but mentally absent, but physically present and mentally there. Um and it's just fed me, man. It just mm-hmm. has. And there's some days that, you know, I, I, I'm not doing the things I need to be doing like that. But the days that I am, more often than not, it's, it's, it's good. So, you know, it's really difficult whenever you're trying to work a job and you're trying to have a healthy marriage mm-hmm. and you're trying to keep some kids alive. And, you know, yeah. all this stuff really adds up. And then here we are talking about you also need some good positive friendships and yep. good, uh, good relationships in your inner circle. Um I know it's more challenging now, but I know that I've at least observed some things that you've done to maintain those relationships. Mm-hmm. So other than, you know, you talk about your devotion, your relationship with, with you and yourself and you and God, you talk about your relationship with the spouse. But when you think about your friends, your inner circle, uh, other than group text messages, what are you doing right now? Do you have like weekly or monthly things that you do? Or do you have like, uh, do you have traditions that you're like, man, these, me and my buddies, we always go and attend this yeah. or, or buy this thing or what do you do in that regard? Yeah. Well, you know, obviously with having kids now, uh, you know, my schedule has changed. When I change in job, my schedule has changed, all those various things. So I kind of, I had to taper back, right, to really get an indication of, okay, what what do I need to say yes to uh, and what do I need to say no to? There are some things that I need to say no. It doesn't mean necessarily, like, no, like, don't, don't contact me again, but it says, Man, I I got this going on, and they understand that. But I think the one thing that has been beneficial, you talked about technology earlier. A cell phone can definitely be a deterrent, and, and mm-hmm. but it can also be very beneficial in in keeping you connected uh, and in the know and with your with your friends and people that you used to maybe see on a continual basis. So whether it's a text message, whether it's you know Facebook, whatever it may be, to stay in communication with them, I would say probably about. Uh, at least three times a week, uh, I'll try to be intentional on thinking about who have I not spoke with in a while. I just want to reach out and send them a, an encouraging message or whatever that may mm-hmm. be, um, and be intentional on doing that. And I think that helps me staying in contact with those people that, yes, I may have seen at some case in point, 
constantly, but now I'm just in a different season where that's not able to case. So uh, utilizing the cell phone is yeah. is big. Haven't you also like done some uh, like NFL trips or some things like oh, that? Man, Haven't you done are, that kind of deal with your things that I don't guys. know if I'm going to be able to continue, <laughs> but uh, let's be in prayer for that. But uh, yeah, I used to uh, go to an away game. Yeah. Every single year with my friends, we still do that, and hopefully we'll be able to do so that. So y'all just pick a game every year that's an away game for the Cowboys, yeah. and you go travel So I've to gone that. to all the divisional games, and then what we'll do is, of course, the non-divisional games, we will take a look at those when they release them. And they've got, you know, this year they got Kansas City. I've already been there. They've got uh, Jacksonville, Minnesota. And so we just look at the cities. But I will tell you this, I'm not going to the Northeast <laughs> ever again. And my wife and I, we went to New York. Last year, coldest game I've ever been to. Oh man, absolutely yeah. freezing. <laughs> so milder. So uh, yeah, so, games. so things like that uh, are important. <laughs> or you know, like uh, last night, we had people over to watch the game. Just things like that. I love fellowship, love people, and so uh, doing that when the time is right is absolutely necessary, and it's fun. It's fun to do that. Yeah. Neat, man. Hey, earlier you mentioned that you're really uh, getting into the habit now of reading, even though it's not something historically that that mm-hmm. would have been as important to you mm-hmm. uh, in that. So uh, is there what are some books that you would recommend, especially if there's any dealing with relationships or that kind of thing? But what, what comes to mind as far as uh, some of the favorite uh, books that you'd tell our listeners about? Man, my favorite book, hands down, totally changed my life, was Kingdom Man uh, by Dr. Tony Evans. Uh, that is a book that I absolutely enjoyed reading, gave me a better understanding of leadership, gave me a better understanding of relationship and people um, from God's perspective. And I would, I, next to the Bible, that is the book that really changed and pivoted the, my old way of living to, to my current. Uh, and so that, that book for sure. And and then the second book I actually just finished was uh, Do Not Trust Your Heart, which probably sounds crazy, counterculture, um, but it's interesting as I've read it, just the selfishness that I have um, and my natural tendencies and desires uh, and opposed to what God desires for me. What does that really look like? But yeah, it's, it, it's uh, those two books specifically, uh, but Kingdom Man, I can't. Praise enough. That that was one that really uh, helped me grow tremendously. And I'm trying to think of that book that you're referencing. Is it, is it Don't Follow Your Heart uh, by John Bloom? Does that yes. sound right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Don't Follow Your yep, Heart, uh, God's Ways Are Not Your Ways. Yes, that's exactly it. I actually just finished it last week. Okay, yeah. very cool. Yeah, I remember uh, as I was uh, in my late teen years, <laughs> I was in a situation that I was like, man, I thought I was so right in, and I was making all the decisions, <laughs> like, this was not right at all. And, and I don't remember <laughs> yeah. somebody told me if I just felt it. I was like, how can something feel so, so good, good and be so, bad, be so bad? You know, But I was like, that was bad. Well, you know? <laughs> I tell you what, it's interesting as I'm reading this book, and I, I, I will openly admit my wife and I, we love watching The Bachelor. Sounds okay, kind of yeah. crazy <laughs> okay. on ABC. All right, we got to end the podcast right now. Yeah, like. <laughs> probably so. Everyone's, everyone's logging off right now. They're like, he was great, but this is horrible. Uh, but yes, I mean, they will say this. Well, just follow your heart. Follow yeah. your heart. I, and if you look at the Bachelor, I mean, if you look at the history of the show, I think, let's say there's 30 people that have gone on there. I think maybe like three of them are still married. Maybe. Yeah, right. Maybe three to four. I don't know if following your heart or their heart at the moment was the, the best decision because they're batting a – a horrible average right now right. in regards to success, <laughs> but uh, you're 100% accurate, man. There's been times where I thought I was 100% right, and it felt so good. It looked good. It sounded good, and 
It just ended really bad. Yeah. Ended really bad. Yeah. So, well, but. I know definitely in my own life, when I look around, a lot of the times when I went with what felt right mm-hmm. and it was all on what was in my heart, I've been steered wrong multiple, multiple uh-huh. times, you know, so I can relate to that. Uh, any other books or podcasts or any other apps or things that you're like, oh man, I think this is really cool. I feel like everybody should know about this. I, I tell this you thing. what, uh, Tim Ross, The Basement. I've been listening to a lot of his stuff lately. Uh, he's Tim Ross. He's a preacher out of Irving with Embassy City. Uh, I've been watching his stuff and it's just raw, uncut uh, truth, man. And is that a podcast or is that a YouTube channel? No, or? it's a podcast. Yeah. A podcast? Yeah. Okay. It should be called The Basement. Okay, The Basement uh, with Tim Ross. Tim Ross, yeah. Okay. And so that's one that I've been uh, intentionally listening to and looking at. Uh, but oddly enough, I, I, I love YouTube. I will go to YouTube and let's say I'm trying to learn more about to be merciful or learn more about leadership. I'll just go into YouTube and type leadership or type those things in and really kind of seek what's out there. And uh, uh, so that's that's really what my go-to is, is in that. Well, I'm really glad you shared that because we have recently launched a YouTube channel for the Improver yes. Coach. And we've got a handful of videos on it and adding more every single Love week. It. And, you know, I'm kind of wondering in my mind, you know, it takes a little bit to j- gain traction mm-hmm. on uh, platforms like that. And, you know, I'm like, man, are people still, are they still getting on there and searching for oh, things like man. this? And so I yes, that's really good. So yeah. I'm going to use this as a plug to go check out our Improver Coach uh, YouTube. If you go to uh, improver.coach, we can uh, link you from there. But, uh, Love it. Yeah, man, would love for people to follow up with us on the on that and watch some of those videos that we're putting out. They're usually ten minute little Perfect. inspirational uh, videos. So, man, that's fun. Well, um, anything that you wish we would have talked about that we really didn't? Anything on this idea of relationships or something? Or, or even if it's not on the topic, but you're like, man, you know, I wish everybody out there just knew about this thing, or this would be so helpful for businesses or entrepreneurs. Anything out there? Or you feel like we kind of covered? Man, I think we to. really covered it all, but I'm excited to talk about uh, the event that you have going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Improver Network, you've been doing a – you were in the insurance world for quite some time, mm-hmm. and I had a conversation with you over coffee a few weeks ago just about your heart, where, where the things that you're about to embark on. Um, and so I'm, a, I'm excited to be a part of the event that you'll be having coming up here in, in October. But uh, really, I, I just can't encourage enough people to, to go there because everything we're discussing – Everything you're discussing with all the other people, um, it's all going to tie in nicely. Yeah. Here. Oh, yeah. Well, and the event he's talking about, if you're not aware, the Improver Network Legacy Summit. This is our annual summit event. It's going to be held in South Lake, Texas at Legends Hall, which kind of fits in with the idea of legacy. I love it. (laughs) And in fact, uh, we uh, have a friend of ours that's doing a book release at this event. Uh, Kyle Gabhart is releasing a book called Legends Don't Retire and Neither Mm -hmm. Should You. And so really the the theme of that event is going to be all about legacy, a legendary legacy, Mm -hmm. uh, massive impact incredible growth and so uh, really excited about those themes and uh, the event is going to have a party in the evening this launch party event after a networking time but before the networking and launch party we have a series of workshops and we're doing workshops on everything from podcasting and social media to uh, discovering your purpose to living out your legacy Uh, you're actually going to be there and you're going to be talking a little bit about what we yeah. discussed today, the power of relationships. But if somebody's listening to this podcast, like, do they need to come to the workshop that you're doing too? Or is this kind of the same thing? Or what can people expect oh, man. I, I tell uh, you in your what, workshop? Uh, first of all, the fact that you even asked me to be involved, I was honored and thankful. 
And then I saw the other speakers. I'm thinking, how in the world <laughs> do I belong in the room with these people? I mean, Kyle, Ashley, uh, Kyle Draper, both both Kyles, uh, and, and then the others as well. I mean, it, it just a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I will be discussing about networking. There's been various networking uh, workshops, right? You'll go and you'll listen. It's kind of like, hey, do this. Don't do that. Do this. And you kind of leave with this do's and don't sheet. Uh, I'm really going to be tackling it from a much deeper level. I feel extremely confident that we're going to be discussing things that most have not discussed, but absolutely necessary to discuss to be an effective networker. And my hope is, is that we collectively, myself included, will approach networking differently after this workshop. Uh, and, and I feel extremely confident that that will take place. It'll be very interactive. We're going to talk about some of my personal experiences. I'm going to ask some others to speak as well to learn from them. But with me being at the Keller Chamber for nine years, uh, networking is what I did. Uh, it's who I am. It, and and I learned things that worked, learned things that necessarily probably yeah. were not the best, right? <laughs> and so uh, I'm going to be taking that nine years and condensing it into a 45-minute workshop that I really believe you'll walk out uh, with a different perspective. And I think that it will affect your business in a mighty way. That's really good, man, because the, the natural instinct is not the right way to network. And yep. then also what everybody else is doing when you go to events. And, and really, we're not just talking about attending a quote-unquote networking event. What we're talking about with network yes. is just the same thing we've been discussing on the podcast is your relationships yes. and how do they connect together yes. and how do you approach – what is your paradigm for how you view the people that you allow into your sphere? Yeah. And so uh, – but, yeah, some of it will have application and networking events yeah. where – you know, I go to these things and you, you see people and all they do is scan the room looking for who looks like their ideal customer. Yeah. They go to them and really all they're doing is trying to get their business and give them a, a business card. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the deal. And it's so much deeper it's, than that. So the, the word you, the, what you use deeper is so accurate. Kyle Draper, I watched him. Uh, he was, he was speaking on this a few days ago about we all want the fruit, but we don't really talk about the root. Yeah, right? uh, I think a lot of these networking events that you can go to, though they may be inspiring and, and, and well-meaning, it's a lot of fruit. We're talking about fruit here, uh, but that fruit is connected to the root. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what is the root of networking? What does that really look like? And I promise you, once we have a better understanding of that, the fruit's a byproduct. It will come. Right. Uh, so uh, we're going to go deep, man, uh, but it'll be good. Really, really good. We're getting ready to wrap up here, but can I share a funny story about networking? Uh, like about this, it's it's a little awkward. Some people aren't going to like this at all, but it's it's worth the uh, worth the sharing here. Uh, so when I first started networking years and years ago, uh, I actually I engaged with a coach, and it's funny now that I'm doing life and business coaching because way back then I wasn't even familiar with yeah. uh, like oh, people actually are going to pay for a service like that. <laughs> and know? now you're like, I hope they do. Yeah. Like, yes, hopefully so. Uh, so it was really cool. But this guy uh, was a was a really nice guy, and I really looked up to him a lot. And he had a coaching service so I subscribed to, it. and one of the first things he did was he had observed me networking, and he suggested he said, I want you to do this exercise. And he said, this is going to feel really weird. It's going to seem really uh, off to you. But he's like, I want you to give it a shot. Now, you got to listen very carefully. Otherwise, this could uh, backfire uh -huh. easily. He said, but when you go to a networking event or you get into any event where there are people that you're going to meet that might be a way you can do a win-win relationship or yes. have some kind of mutually beneficial yes. arrangement. He said, when you notice them from across the room or you get ready to approach them, internally think to yourself as you're looking at them, I love that person. Like, 
even though you don't know him, you just think inside. He's like, don't say it out loud because that's going to get a little creepy if you start saying, I love you, I love you on the way to meeting a person for the first yes. time. But if you just think to yourself, I love them, I want the best for them, I wonder if there's a way I can serve mm. them, I wonder if there's a way I can bless them, and you think those things as you're approaching them, it changes your tone. It changes the way that you begin the conversation. It. It cha- and I thought that was so, it was a little bit weird for me a few times, and I think people are like, why are you staring at me like this, making this beeline at me? Because I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I lost, I didn't get a sale on that one, but uh, yes. <laughs> no, but it really did change my oh. paradigm on that, because the natural bent was to look across the room and go, oh, I wonder if that person can, can buy something. something. Can yeah. they do something for me? And so, uh, yeah, that's the kind I of things it. I think you're going to be talking about oh, in the workshop. Yeah. It's how do you shift your paradigm mm-hmm. away from the natural and normal bent to the actual oh, optimal yeah. way of relationships. Yeah. No so, doubt. And I, and, I, and I think it's going to be applicable to anybody, right? Because I think we think only the best networkers are the most extrovert people. No, you could be an introvert and be very good at connecting with people. Uh, God has given us all the gifts and all the skill set. How do we utilize that uh, for our good and ultimately his glory? That's exactly what we're going to be discussing, hands down. I love it, man. I love it. That's really cool. Well, hey, some of our people may want to connect with you, and um, they may be like, man, I can't make your workshop. I would love to have you out. Come speak at our church or come speak to our group. Um, If someone wanted to connect with you, follow you, you know, I kind of enjoy some of your social media stuff. I don't know if that's public or your friends list only, but how can people uh, stay connected with Greg Balog? Well, on, on Facebook, it's just uh, if we're if we're not friends, it's just Greg Balog. You can search me and add me, and I, I'd love to have you. And we post a wide variety of things on on there. Uh, and then, of course, my email is gregoryballog at gmail dot com. Uh, but any way that I could just connect with people, uh, I, I want to do so and be available, right? And so, whether that's coming to speak at a an event or if it's just hey, you want to come sit and do coffee one on one. Uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But those would be the two areas that you, the Facebook you can see consistently. And if you want to sit down one-on-one, uh, you can do that as well through my email. All right, cool. And what was that email? Uh, Gregory Balog at gmail.com. All right, cool deal. You may be getting a bunch of spam on here. Oh, uh, we're going to find out. My <laughs> phone's right. blowing up right now. There oh, you go. Man, you- here we go. <laughs> Fun deal, man. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you all. If you're interested in attending Summit, sign up for Greg's workshop. Also, I wanted to let you know, you may not know this, but you're talking about, man, how did I get in there with all these other speakers that yeah. are at the workshop? You actually have more people registered for your workshop than any of the other oh, workshops. Wow, okay. So, you know, you're you're leading the pack right now. <laughs> so it's the flip side of what you thought it was. But, hey, if you want to come to Legacy Summit, improver.network forward slash summit. That's improver.network forward slash summit. We would love to have you there. Go ahead and get registered. It's going to be a fun time. Also, in case you can't make Summit, everyone who is an Improver Network member will get access to all of the workshops in our uh our exclusive portal. And so if you go and subscribe for any level of membership, whether it's fans, whether it's friends, whether it's flock, you can get access to all nine workshops that we're going to be having at Summit. If there's anything that we can do for you or serve you in any way, email us at support at improver.network. Until next time, stay good and keep getting better. Thank you for listening to this production of the Improver Network podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch future episodes. For more information about the Improver Network, visit us online at improver.network. That's www.improver.network. And connect with us on social. Until next time, keep getting better.